How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So, I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and The platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So... It really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, too, and the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. 
BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit BetterHelp.com slash TheAnxietyChicks. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, slash TheAnxietyChicks, and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinara. And I'm Taylor. And we are so excited because we have a special guest today, and I cannot wait to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, and before, before we get into that, uh, I just want to check in with Taylor to see how she's doing. How are you, Taylor? Pretty good. Um, Allison and I were kind of chatting about if you're in the USA, we're having all the election stuff tomorrow and it's just been, it's been a long time coming here. There's just, we're a little fearful of things that might happen tomorrow with just looting and rioting and all that stuff. Yes. This is probably one of the most like important elections, uh, one of them of our time. And it's, just crazy how things have been going lately. And so if you're listening to this, you're in the U.S. and you're feeling like it's taken a toll on your mental health like it has for me, yep. um, this episode is going to be amazing for you <laughs> because, yes, all this time is just – it's going to be interesting because we were saying that even by tomorrow, I don't even think we're going to really know yet wh what's going to happen because of all the mail-in ballots. So things are really not going to end tomorrow. We're going to still be waiting, I think, to hear what's going happening. But um, yeah, it's just interesting. You have to really take care of yourself over the next couple of weeks, you guys. Um, but we got you and hopefully today helps. But um, it's also getting a lot colder, like I was telling Taylor. Uh, I'm in Pennsylvania. It's getting colder here. And the daylight savings time happens. So we're getting less sunlight. So that's when I whip out my therapy lamp for anyone that uh, is like, what the heck is that? Go on Amazon. Actually, go on my go on the Anxiety Healer and go into my highlights and uh, anxiety tools. And I have this lamp that specifically has these certain like light rays that helps your brain register that you're getting sunlight like vitamin D and stuff. It's awesome. And yeah, I mean, oh, if you red light therapy. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Wait, red light. Is that what you said? Uh huh. No, it's not red light. It's not a red it's light. Not? No, it's just, it's, it's like a box and it just, I have different settings and it's literally just a light and you, you don't have to sit right in front of it and stare at it. You, like sometimes I just put it on next to me when I'm like watching TV and it somehow registers in your mind that you're outdoors. I don't, again, I'm not like, I don't obviously. I think I, I, got, I, I, think I got one of those uh, before it was called like the happy light, but like red light therapy is also really amazing too for 
uh, sad. So seasonal. Yes. Yes. Depression. And like, cause my parents have this sauna and in it, you can turn on this red light therapy. And I've been looking for a red light therapy, like little machine, because there's so many benefits on it, even for like inflammation. I might actually do a post on this therapy lamp, to be honest. I'm just thinking about how helpful it's been. Anyway, you guys, so if you're having struggling with, you know, if you're in the area that has this less light and is getting colder these days, then I would recommend that. But um, without further ado, we should get into our topic because I really want to give our guest today um, some time to talk about hypnotherapy. And I am really excited about this because I've read a little bit about it and I don't know enough, but I'm excited to see how it works to help mental health and anxiety. So I'm going to welcome our guest today. Her name is Desi Ivanova. Did I say say that right, Ivanova? Hi. Yes, you did. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Okay. And so I'm going to just tell you guys a little bit about Desi. Um, so she holds a diploma in clinical hypnotherapy with honors from HMI College in California. Coming from a family of doctors, Desi has always been passionate about healing people on a deeper level and with the mind and soul. She firmly believes that humans are ever evolving and have the power to transform into versions of themselves that best serve their highest good. Given all advanced studies on neuroplasticity and gene editing, it is only natural that our minds can be reprogrammed and our limiting and negative beliefs can be altered. I love that. So I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here, Desi. And I'd love for you to kind of just start by telling um, our healers and our listeners a little bit more about hypnotherapy and kind of what it is and how it works. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So hypnosis, um, really hypnotherapy is uh, connecting to our subconscious mind, right? It's whatever we want to shift and change, whatever beliefs, um, whatever patterns, is just the easiest way to get in there right into our subconscious and begin altering, right? And we achieve that by a very simple state. We go into a theta state, uh, which is theta brainwaves, right? It's the state that we are when we're, when we're sleeping and dreaming on our REM state. Is the exact same state. And uh, funnily enough, we work with images, just like we do in dreaming, right? Imagery is how we understand the world. Um, words came way later in language. Uh, everything is just imagery. So even when people are having, you know, those obscure dreams and they think, oh my God, I saw these crazy images, they're just symbols that our subconscious mind is trying to convey to us. And if we actually sat down and broke it down, we'll realize how they all connect and how they absolutely make sense. You know, not even, not even our dreams are random. And so with hypnosis, we use the same principle, right? Um, we go in, and I personally love using more imagery. We can do direct suggestions, of course. We go into a, a deep state. Um, I induce you into a deep state, starting with a progressive relaxation, right? So as you relax, um, you start going into that theta brainwave. Simply, you know, your, your mind relaxes, your body is relaxing. As, and as a response, you begin to focus on just one that one subject that we're working on. Right. So in our daily life, we're mostly in um, better, you know, beta state. So when we're in better, it's it's uh, the mind is active. We have so many thoughts coming in and out. And even though we want to really focus on something, um, 
we, we can't. Uh, we also have a theory of mind, if you want to look at it in that way, where it's the 10% consciousness and 90% subconscious. So if we were to look at it as an iceberg, you know, we have that giant chunk underneath that has that 90% of subconscious and that tiny little tip of the iceberg, that's 10%, that's our conscious mind. And so the theory is that the subconscious mind actually moves the iceberg, right? That giant chunk underneath is what moves us. And what the subconscious mind is in, the, in, in this theory of mind is that it's the world of of your beliefs and associations that you've created from the moment you're born. So we're born as blank slates. Uh, we only really have our fight and flight response that um, we've discovered we're born with. Mm-hmm. Everything else just comes. You know, everything else is learned behavior and a thought pattern. And so from the moment you're born till about the age of eight is when we are sponges. We are absolute sponges. We have no reference of the world whatsoever, and we absolutely absorb our environment's beliefs, uh, the circumstances, the associations. You know, say you get bit by a dog as a child, you immediately develop a fear response to a dog, or you had a pet dog, you immediately, you know, have a very positive, uh, calming response to to pets and to especially to dogs, and so so on and so forth. We build all sorts of associations, and those associations, unfortunately, sometimes can be built around violence in your relation to love, and you know, especially from your caregivers. And so up until the age of eight, we build the subconscious mind and then we start to build our conscious mind. It says that we've built enough experience now to start comparing, right? We have enough data to go back to and check in with. So we put a lid on that um, subconscious mind. So that would be, you know, the water surface and the iceberg. And then we start to build our conscious mind, right? So imagine the water surface is kind of like a lid. And on top of that, there is our conscious mind where we use logic, analysis. And with that tiny bit of conscious mind, we start to understand, oh, this is good for me. Oh, that's not good for me. You know, this is healthy. That's not healthy. But unfortunately, these thoughts cannot be altered just by thinking they're good for us. Because what's going to happen is our mind stops any idea, really, will stop at that water surface, will stop at the lid, and it's going to go check in with your base, right? That giant chunk underneath that you've created of of associations and beliefs. And it's going to see, oh, what do we actually think about that? What does 90% of us believe with our, you know, with our entire soul, um, with everything within us, um, sometimes even passed through DNA, what are those beliefs? And if they don't match the, what you want with that 10%, you're not going to change it, right? Say again, something simple, fear of dogs, right? Um, when you go down and you've got this 90% of you terrified of dogs because the experience was perhaps very traumatic, you know, maybe you as a child you had experienced something, you know, going to a hospital, et cetera, um, it's going to be very difficult to get past that fear. So what happens in hypnosis is we basically take the lid out so we drop you in directly to the subconscious mind and we start to change your associations. How? Of course, with your help, you tell us, the therapist, what your new beliefs should be. How do you see them with your conscious logical mind? And you can say, you know, for example, going back to the dog, um, I just think, you know, not all dogs are vicious. Um, I've, I've interacted with, you know, my friends have dogs and they all seem to be lovely creatures and, and you know, and all other convictions and beliefs you may have around dogs that I will then, you know, once you're in, I will start to put in your subconscious mind and start to reprogram that so that now you have a new belief. And on top of that, I will not only do suggestions, I love to use imagery because, you know, our mind is so, so it works so powerfully with imagery that there we are now, we're seeing you 
being with the dog? How does it feel like to interact with the dog? You know, and when you're in a state of hypnosis, it's a hundred percent focused state. So the only thoughts and experiences and feelings and emotions you're having is around that image is around those images they um suggesting for you. Um, so there you are, you're experiencing yourself with the dog. It's starting to feel safe. Um, you know, the body's responding. The mind doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So it's going to induce the exact same physical chemical reactions in your body as if it were happening in real life. And now you're starting to build new neural pathways. Now you're starting to lock in new associations because you are hundred percent focused. You have no other thoughts distracting you. You are completely experiencing what it is like to be with a dog. Even though it's in your fantasy, you're tricking the body, not to say tricking, you know, it's just naturally, happens naturally, to believe that it's really interacting with the dog. And you come out of the hypnosis and suddenly you have a completely different physical reaction. Wow. Um, wow. You know, yeah, so it changes even your chemistry. And you do that, you say, two, three times, depending on how severe it is. Some people need more sessions. But usually with fears and phobias, uh, it doesn't take more than two, three times to kind of completely... Wow, uh, really? Association. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Okay. That's that's less than I I would have thought. Like like three different sessions or something, you mean? Yeah, usually three different sessions. Um you sometimes I've, I've never had anybody do it from one session. I feel like there has to be one or two sessions to follow up, but I've worked a lot with fears and phobias. I actually love them because I they're so um instant. You know, it's the most right. thing you can kind of work on. And I love that because you then, you know, just in three sessions, you see someone coming in with a completely different mindset. And it's just so beautiful to see how they've released that fear and then a, a new person, you know. Right. Oh, no, that's amazing. That was actually one of our questions from someone is if it's um, used primarily for phobias or if that's one of the, you know, main main um, concerns that people have when they come in for hypnotherapy is phobias. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, no, no, it's not, it's not really main, to be honest. I haven't had that okay. many with that. Okay. Yeah. And quit some, I have barely had any quit smoking. Uh, you know, some people assume that it's, with, you know, with yeah. that, but no, um, predominantly clients have come really with, uh, changing habitual patterns, um, you know, kind of working on self growth and healing traumas, a lot of healing traumas. Uh, that's what I've personally received predominantly. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, Diva, go ahead. Um, Desi, I have a question. So what if you are just extremely like confident in your own thoughts that like you don't just, you have the mindset that hypnosis won't work for you? Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because if you were to have that mindset, you probably wouldn't go to a hypnotherapist. And it's always suggested that never um, never go to a hypnotherapist unless you want to. Uh, it's the same thing, you know, when you quit something, you change a habit, unless you want to, unless you're you believe in it and you say, you know, with that, because what we're simply, it's what you're doing is you're, you're opening your door to someone to enter your house. If you're saying that I'm not going to allow this person to enter my house, well, you are going to keep that door shut. You're never going to know whether this person entering your house is going to make a difference, of course, but it's your choice to keep the door shut and never let them in. Yeah. That's very (laughs) similar to, to therapy as well. So like as a clinical psychologist, I, I, if someone comes to see me and they, you know, maybe it's even like, oh, you know, my husband said I needed to be here. So, and then I, you know, I ask, okay, well, do do you feel like you are motivated? Do you want to work on things here? You want to come? Like, no, I just thought I would. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, 
if there is zero motivation, if even if there is there's even if there's like one percent of the person that that wants to be there, then that's good. But if yeah, if they yeah. come in and they just don't have any desire, there's not really going to be a lot of change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know you can work with people like that with us with hypnosis. Um, if they do, if that you have that one percent desire to be there, then you know we can start slow. For example, I will start them off with some imagery work, because the imagery work, and I mean, as a as a, a psychotherapist, you probably know that. But you know, with the Jungian archetypes and you know the collective unconscious, there's a lot of images that people just already relate to. So, for example, I would do something like that for them to create subtle shifts that they would not notice with their logical mind. They will only notice it on a subconscious level. So it's not going to be anything direct. And usually, you know, we divide people into two. um, We divide them into the logical thinking. We call them emotional suggestibles. Um, And that's something Dr. Kappas invented. Uh, An emotional suggestible really means people that are used to overanalyzing because they had a primary caregiver who was to would communicate very indirectly with them. Right? It would be very. It would be like, for example, if your mother was your primary, maybe she was very inconsistent. She didn't mean what she said. You couldn't read her mind, and you you kind of had to read between the, the lines. Uh, and so these kind of people tend to become very analytical. Um, and with them, most of the time, we always use uh, indirect um, imagery, right? And indirect suggestions. We don't want to ever put anything directly because they're not going to receive it well. They're going to put everything through analysis. And actually, until the 60s, many people thought that these were the types that could never be hypnotized. And right. That's covered this kind of process with them. So what's the difference between hypnosis and then this like buzzword going around of neurofeedback? Oh, so neurofeedback, I've touched on it uh, when I studied. It's um, with neurofeedback, it's a machine. And so with the machine, it starts to uh, measure your brain waves, right? So you attach it on your thumb um, and your pulse, like on your, uh, it was a thumb. And I think um, depending, the one that we had was your thumb and your temples, but there's, we've got some other ones that, you know, more, you know, even more elaborate ones. Um, so basically it measures your, your brain waves and uh, it gets you to go into a theta state by hearing a specific sound. So, you know, when you've induced a theta state because um, a whale sound comes on, right? So as it's measuring your brain waves, as you're relaxing, you, as you're dropping into a theta state, you start to hear the sound and it kind of creates um, a reward you know, it's the same kind of like uh, the reward system of like hearing the sound and knowing you're in theta, hearing the sound, and it's like this reinforcement That's, that you're doing. Is that like that um, that theory with the dog? Pavlov. Theory was that? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much exactly like the reward, you know. And, and many many techniques are, are based. I mean, anything, even marketing, is all reward based. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it. Basically, it's like that, you know, that you get this reward, and they say it's say, it says that it works really well with addicts too, because they also they're so used to getting that instant hit, you know. So every time you get the reward, uh, there's a release of endorphins, and um, your body chemistry changes, and plus, you know, you're going into a theta brainwave, so you calm and relaxed. So on top of being calm and relaxed, you're also rewarding yourself, and so yeah. it works really well with getting hits of that. Um, for example, so you know, that's. That's that's so interesting because I yeah you said something you said biofeedback and that is something that I've been trying to learn more about um, lately too. I feel like it's it can be very expensive to do that. Yeah. Um, and so you know that was kind of getting into my next question about 
someone did ask like hypnosis, where would where would people find a good like hypnotherapist or and how expensive is it? Do you guys take insurance? Do you not? I'm you know, I'm curious. Actually so it, it's so sad that they don't allow insurance for hypnotherapists. Um yeah. oh, in wow. the US. Okay. It is, yeah, it's quite aggravating because it's just another form of therapy uh, that is so useful to people and, yeah, they don't take insurance. Um, they just didn't want to. I mean, it took a while for them to kind of make it part of, you know, uh, to ins- even insure hypnotherapists under the, um, you know, uh, under what is it, the American National Psychiatrists or Psychologists and, and psychiatrists um, union and whatever that was I, I can't remember right now but um that was the insurance at the time that i had but it apparently took dr Kappas and his team in california to kind of fight for that uh for, for a long long time until they were able to even be insured and taken seriously yeah. um yeah, so okay. because it's still not really taken seriously by the board uh by the psychiatric board uh they um yeah they're not allowing insurance, but our costs can vary. You know, um, they can go like honestly anywhere between one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty, depending on the therapist, depending on you know, um, yeah. It just it just really depends. And and how would, I mean, how would someone like who's listening want to learn more about a hypnotherapist in their area, or would they go to their doctor? And oh, I guess it's not. I mean, who who? What kind of per, place would they go would they just go online and google it or what do you think you know there is uh if you wanted for example uh, hmi that i graduated from they offer a massive database of all us graduates and alumni and teachers and everyone so if you went to uh to the hmi website uh which is i think hmi.edu oh okay hmi.edu hypnosis motivation institute tarzana california um you can find the database of hundreds of hypnotherapists uh, and, you know, you can read their bio, see their pictures and really feel who you connect with. Cool. Um, and in fact, actually, another thing that HMI does, if you're in California, um, they take a free, they, they, can, they, they have uh, graduating students that need to do their case studies. And so they can take um, monthly, they take up to 50 pro bonos and you'll get offered six free sessions. Oh, wow. from, from graduating students and you know i mean we all did that we all have to meet our hours yeah. um, and so it was it was fantastic opportunity for for, for both you know client and uh, graduating therapist to learn to if you oh, are that's, in California, that, that's good um honestly about other uh, in other states or countries um i i would just google it go or, yeah, yeah go online and just right. yeah, have a search or uh, sometimes psychologists will have you know if you partner if a hypnotherapist partnered up with a psychologist or a psychiatrist, they might have a reference. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. And I want to get into, because as I listen to you talk about um, hypnosis, you know, there might be some people listening that will kind of relate to what I'm saying. Because when I first heard the term hypnosis, when I was kind of in this field and, you know, just even still learning about it, what comes to my mind is like what you see in the movies when someone sits in front of you and like strings a clock in front of your face and mm-hmm. and says you're getting very sleepy, you know, how that so you know, so it's I don't know what that is, you know, if that maybe that's something, but what, you know, if someone's thinking like isn't that's what I thought hypnosis was? What is it really? And I I was told by 
a psychiatrist who actually um, is specializes in hypnosis around me, which I love. He's a holistic psychiatrist. And um, he told me that hypnosis is just a very, like, can sometimes be a very, very deep form of meditation. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if you could talk more about that. Yes. So what you see with the clock, right? Um, hypnosis, what essentially hypnosis is, is an overload of message units, meaning we want to overload the mind. And depending again, like I said, whether you're uh, an emotional suggestible or a physical suggestible, meaning whether you're analytical or direct suggestible, you take information directly, you will need a certain amount of message units to be overloaded so that your mind, your thinking mind, your logical mind can go, oh, I'm done with this take me in, right? So certain people that are more analytical, it's going to take them a different approach to overload them. Uh, certain people that are um, more susceptible and more directly take information more directly, it's not going to take them too long. So for example, you can dangle a clock in front of their eyes because what that's doing is, you see, it's, it's the same repetitive movement that is beginning to overload the mind because it doesn't understand what else to do, you see? So that it's seeing this thing dangle in front. And so sometimes you do that, but you mainly do that with children because it's the easiest way to get them hypnotized, to get their mind to switch off. But it is every method that we use is getting your analytical mind to switch off so we can go under, you know, so we can go oh, under okay. and okay. see what's going on inside. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And so why it's effective is because, yeah, when we're trying to meditate ourselves, it's very difficult to switch that mind off. Right. Yes. Uh, whereas, you know, the hypnotherapist has different techniques that will keep, you know, keep trying to really switch your analytical mind off, you know, put him to sleep and then boom, you're inside the subconscious. Doesn't mean that you're unconscious. You're, you can be completely like aware and you are responding to me and you're remembering everything that is happening. You're remembering everything you said. Uh, but it's just that analytical mind is not um, chiming in anymore. Right. Okay. No, that makes that makes sense. And so, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no that, that's what I wanted to say. So, when you do have, when you said it's a deeper form of meditation, it's exactly that. You, you, we are completely in a state of meditation. We just have managed to get there and and clean all the rest, so that we can be there, hundred percent focused, just on what you're willing and wanting to change. Gotcha. Okay. And is there any like notable results for anxiety treatments or any type of different ways that maybe you do the hypnotherapy for someone who has anxiety? What, what does that look like? Um, you know, with, with anxiety is again, it's connecting, it's uh, creating those new connections, you know, and new allowing the body to respond in new ways to stress. So it's, it's very helpful when the person, you know, coming in with anxiety, they tell you, uh, what parts of the day they're experiencing the most, uh, what moments in particular, where are the triggers. You know, the more we know the exact triggers, the more we can start to discharge them, right, and replace them with new associations. Gotcha. So, 
you know, if it's if it's in the morning, the morning anxiety, then we start to create uh, new thinking patterns and new morning routines for you that you will follow because, you know, with the hypnotherapy, you will start to develop the desire to follow those um, and then start to eventually shift your your chemistry, your body chemistry and your responses, start to change your responses. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I, I can't, I mean, I haven't tried it myself and now I'm very interested in actually maybe go, going. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do, I do love meditation, but I, I get that how it is. Yeah. It's very, very hard. And I think why people give up on meditation very easily is because you're sort of independently trying to do this reframe in your brain and it's really, really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially in, it's the when we most need meditation is when we're feeling most anxious. <laughs> That's when it's hardest. To yes, in. totally, so, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for me personally, and I, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this feel this way as well. I have a hard time like believing something will work. Like I'm always, I'm, I can jump to like the negative end very quickly. Like, oh, this won't work for me. Like. My brother is super like he has done like he's not um, certified or anything with hypnosis, but like he is obsessed with hypnosis. Like he would absolutely love talking to you <laughs> like he's, for years. He has just dove into like books and all this stuff on hypnosis. And I remember one time like being at my worst anxiety and being like, all right, just hypnos- hypnotize me like wh- whatever. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was like, Taylor, it, it can't work like that. Like it's just, it's not like, it's not like the movies like you see where they're just like putting the clock in front of your face and you're going to be like sleep and yeah. then you pass out. But it's hard to like believe, like I want to allow myself to like go to that place, but like it's hard getting there. Like I feel like I already, even if I tell myself like, I'm going to let this, like, I'm going to try this out. Mm-hmm. And then when I get there, it's like the back of my mind is still like, nah, this won't work for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. And and exactly, it's so many. I mean, do you know what? Uh, when I went to even hypnotherapy college, I, I didn't believe in it <laughs> to begin with. I was like, wow. Oh, wow. I'm sure like other people can, but not me though. Uh, and then I realized, uh, you know, the first time I got hypnotized was um, in front of my class. And uh, I then I experienced it. And, you know, it, it's, it is about um, absolutely you willing to go for it. So if you already are saying, hey, I really want to try this out, then you – you are willing and you are open. Uh, now it's up to the therapist to work with you personally and keep trying. And, you know, like I said to you, there'll be different methods and ways to induce you. And I personally would not stop. Uh, I'm not going to be the person, you know, the therapist that uh, is like, oh, well, you know, 10 minutes have passed. It's not working. Go away. No, we're going to work on it until you, know, until you drop in. And what happens is the after you do it the first time, then you're going to start uh, to develop a, a relationship with your therapist, but also your mind is going to start trusting it. So and then the second time around, it's going to get a lot easier. And then by the third time, like I personally noticed that, okay, wow, the third time I was completely open and then I started noticing changes. I'm like, oh, okay, now I see how I release my resistance. But, you know, the first two times for me personally, I was resistant. Like the first time I really experienced like the imagery and the relaxation, but I didn't really feel a lot of changes because I was still resisting. Uh, and at the time, you know, the therapist was working in front of the class. They didn't really have too much time to um, – to actually like keep working on me. Um, so I went with it, but in the back of my head, I had that resistance. 
But when she worked it the third time, she worked with me in private in her office. And that's when I really felt it. And that's where I came out and I was like, oh, wow, these changes are so subtle. Um, because again, because of my analytical mind, she worked very, she worked in imagery with imagery and in a very subtle, she took a very subtle approach where nothing was direct. I, so I was starting to change things, but I just didn't realize until day three, four. And I said, oh, wait a minute, I'm not doing these things anymore. And that I'm not, these thoughts are not coming in anymore. And then it hit me as like, oh, that's clever. You know? Oh my gosh. So, that's yeah. amazing. I love that. Yeah. I, what I love most, oops, sorry, Allison. No, no, go for it. No, I, I was just going to say, I was just going to say really quick that I, um, you know, I, 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 you said something, Taylor, about just, you know, it's, and I've heard this from other people, not just you, but, you know, okay, I don't know. That's like, woo, woo. Like, I don't know if I believe in that, all that stuff, but um, there's a lot of research behind hypnotherapy, right? Like there's science behind it, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a state that once you allow yourself to get into that state, once you get past the analytical mind, it is what everybody's mind can do. And that is completely change and transform. So anything that we, you know, any pattern that's been put into us, even things we've inherited, that everything can shift and change. I mean, they're, now they're doing even more research how you can actually alter your cells and, and how you can actually start changing your body through your thoughts. You know, so, um, I mean, and that can be an example, like that's, that's helped, um, people with autoimmune disease, um, you know, that I've worked with, uh, you know, uh, shrinking tumors, um, shrinking cysts, things oh like that gosh. in communication with the body, because our body is so powerful. It is a super powerful instrument that we have forgotten how to use. Um, and right. you know, partially, I mean, I'm not really going to get too much into it, but you know, with, with over the centuries, I, I believe certain spiritual practices and organizations have taken away the power from the people and their mind. And, you know, they were made, made to believe that if you ever experience, um, uh, your own power, then you're evil, you know, or you're experiencing something negative. Uh, and, uh, they've been scared away from it. So people, human beings in general, we've been we've been really um, made to be afraid of our own powers um, and forgotten what our bodies can do, what our minds can do, and how adaptable. Because we are so incredibly adaptable. Like as creatures, we are just hyper adaptable creatures. Um, and once we get over, yes, we absolutely have that, you know, fight or flight, fear, you know, like you're saying, you don't want to change because our primitive mind wants to stay in the same same environment it wants to have the same defenses and just uh, make sure that you are safe here and that is something that you know scientists say is from back in cave days or you know thousands of years back when we first kind of existed on a very primitive level and it was you basically set up your environment this is your home and you don't really move around too much you know um, and if you do if it's more in search of shelter water and food it's not uh, you know because there's no self-realization over here they're more very very basic right so when the human basic instincts are being threatened uh we immediately pop on our defenses and we don't want to change we're very resistant to that change um and now we see it happening with you know emotionally right uh any any time you've been hurt even emotionally you're very resistant to entering say the next relationship or you know the next friendship or whatever it is um even even work, uh, pursuing your career goals because you've been burnt a few times, 
that created defenses around, you know, your association to this person or this job. And now uh, you don't want to go against that instinct because it feels scary because the first time that happened or maybe the first three times that happened, uh, your survival was at risk. Uh, because what happens when we're emotionally upset, we start to ignore the body. We either undereat or overeat. We don't sleep enough. Uh, we're too tired. Uh, we're too anxious. And so we start to threaten the body. And sometimes, you know, as this goes on, it can develop into long-term chronic illnesses and pains. Um, and and therefore, you're completely immune to change because now the body has suffered so much that um, it, is, it associates that first, you know, the, the triggers to that and it doesn't want to change, which is completely understandable. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's the thing with me is that I love control. And I think this goes for a lot of people with anxiety is like you don't want to give up that control. And it's like... I think because of the movies and stuff, it has made hypnosis seem like a thing that you're giving up your full control and this person has control of your actions. Right. And like, I don't want someone to be able to, like, just let like, make me fall on the floor. You know what I mean? And I think that's what the movies have always shown. And so when you have anxiety, you're like, okay, I'd rather just not. And I know I've said that about a lot of things when I was, like, going through my recovery. It was like I would look into something and then I'd be like – uh, I just don't want to try it because it's like you said, that fear of change, but like something both Allison and I preach on our pages is you have to try a bunch of different things to find out what works for you because we are all so different. And like you said, we're kind of thrown into these regimens of like, you go to the doctor and what do you, when you say, okay, I'm struggling with anxiety and they immediately say, okay, here's a prescription, try it for three weeks and let me know how you feel. Yeah. that's literally what everyone's told when they go to the doctor. It's like really sad. And so I'm not against medication at all. I think it's amazing for many people. But my thing is, is Allison and I like to go against the grain a little bit. Like we like to say, if you don't want medication, if that is not for you, there are so many avenues that you can take first to try out. And you know what? A, B, C might not work for you, but D will work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's uh, important to to for you to come on here and talk about how it's not like the movies. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. We say all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, right? So you're not going to do anything without you actually wanting to try it. You know, and when you see people, like sometimes they're being put up on stage and they, you know, bark like a dog and cluck like a chicken, these are actually what we call the somnambulists. And there are people that are, um, you know, unlike, for, for example, someone like yourself that is very controlling and analytical, um, there are people that actually really love um, taking in new information and, and shifting and changing, right? That's how they were brought up. That is their kind of upbringing. They were brought up probably very direct. Um, maybe they were brought up in a sense where um, everything was just, uh, it, it can be two ways. Either, you know, the family was, ah, oh, let's, you know, new adventures and everything and, and change was always fine and change was always welcome and change was never stressful. Uh, or it can be uh, oftentimes even children that were so abandoned and abused that they learned to escape into their own world. So they become very flighty and very easily, um, uh, you know, uh, they're very suggestible. So uh, they, when they zone out, they actually are naturally almost in hypnosis. So as they're zoning out, it's so easy to suggest to them. 
So there's those type of people, we call them the somnambulists. And uh, a uh, uh, skilled hypnotist, a stage hypnotist, knows exactly where they are because he'll ask a few questions. He or she will ask a few questions and, and, and they'll see based on their uh, responses of the audience members who is a somnambulist, who wants to and is willing to experiment. Who ha- so that, that's actually happening then? Like those people are actually falling into a... Yes, absolutely. But only because they want to. That's so interesting. Only because they want to. Yes. So there's people, you know how there's people that are saying like, hey, I I really want to bungee jump. And there's people that are like, I'm never going to bungee jump. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That's the exact same thing. Like they have the exact same mindset. You know, there's some people that take a lot of talking into to make them bungee jump and and people that just don't need any talking into. They're like, of course, I'm, I'm done. I'm ready. Um, and there they are jumping off that bridge. So it's the exact same way people have, you know, different different yeah. ways of, of reacting to the world. And, and they want to. And nobody does anything because they don't want to. They really, deep down, they actually want to. They're curious about it. So that's why they're able to do it. If you are somebody that, you know, ha, um, is very much likes to be in control and is overly analytical, you are never going to do uh, any of those tricks. You're never going to cluck like a chicken. You're never never going to bark around unless you yourself decide that you want that. So like just bringing it back to anxiety really quick for a second. I'm thinking of like a scenario and tell me if this is how, like an example of how, say I had like severe social anxiety and I Mm -hmm. could like going to, you know, I avoid social situations with I mean, right now, who knows if people are having parties, but like, you know, uh, going to a party or, you know, a restaurant with a lot of people, I'm going to meet new people. I have all of these like fears about if I'm going to say say something stupid or, you know, silence is awkward for me and um, just being around new people, like being in, in new environments is really scary. What What would you do for that person? Um. So – for for all that, we would uh, basically get exactly these places that, you know, you're saying all your triggers, uh, all the environmental triggers and all your thoughts. And I'm going to, uh, apart from giving you those uh, scenarios in, while in hypnosis to experience them through the fantasy of hypnosis, we will also ask you logically and before you start the hypnosis, why you shouldn't experience anxiety. Why do you believe that you should be calm in these situations, right? So I'm going to write everything down, your beliefs, your convictions, you know, your uh, whatever you think uh, will will uh, will help you as well. I will ask you, okay, uh, is there a particular uh, thought that would help you to relax during those times? Uh, and then you're going to give me what you know and what you want. And I will mix that in with uh, going, you know, in into the subconscious, going into that hypnotic fantasy, imagery work, and allowing to experience that. And that we also connect it to the body. So, for example, I'll say, you're there, I'll guide you, right? You're going now, you're going out of your house, how do you feel? And you're going to communicate with me how you feel, and I'm going to, you know, suggest to you the different thought patterns that maybe you had before that told me. Uh, or maybe it is that uh, you want to, for example, put yourself in your sacred safe space, 
right? So maybe I'll put you in your sacred safe space. And then as soon as you feel that uh, wave of calm, we'll continue with the journey, right? So now we're going back into the restaurant. There you are. You're sitting down. At what point do you start to feel the anxiety? And we also have, you know, body signals. So you either start to lift your index finger or maybe nod your head. However, we uh, before we start the session, we'll, we'll agree upon, you know, a, a, a physical gesture that you'll do for me. And we will now, once you start to experience the anxiety, say the index fingers begins to to go up. And now we're going to say, okay, now um, you're going back into your sacred place or your safe space or uh, you're now, let's go back to the thoughts that, you know, you gave me, the calming thoughts that you, you instructed me to give to you. And we wait until the body, it's called an idiomotor response, right? So we wait until that finger kind of goes down or maybe the head tilts to the right, whatever it is. And we continue the journey. And and in this way, we're starting to discharge all the uh, your, your triggers. And we're starting to implement new associations to yourself within that environment and the environment in relation to you. And so what you may find that after one or two sessions, or, you know, usually I would record the session, you can listen to it. Suddenly you'll go to that place and you don't feel triggered anymore. Things that he's gone. Uh, you know, I've had clients, uh, for example, you know, due to trauma, uh, have not been able to go on dates. Uh, you know, and so as we've discharged all that anxiety, like severe anxiety, that she would break into hives, and she would just not be able to sit on the date, and she would have to leave. And so, you know, we worked out, and magically enough for her, she gave me so much. She was so willing to change that from the first session, all her, uh, you know, she took her negative beliefs uh, or her fearful, so not let's not call them negative, fearful beliefs because they're there to defend us, right? They're there to protect us, so they're not negative. Their defense is created for a reason. So she stated all her defenses, and then we we kind of wrote the contrary of that, the the positive contrary that will, you know, release that anxiety and fear. It will create calm and peace. And so she, I guess she had already worked on that herself previously. So that from that one session, when I already suggested all the beliefs that she wanted, and we took her through a scenario where she is indeed on a date, and we worked on desensitizing all her triggers, she emerged from it saying, I can't believe, you know, I don't feel that anymore. Wow. And I look back on it and, you know, and then of course I kept up with her and she said, yes, you know, I should have gone on dates and it was beautiful and everything. So, yeah. but it, again, like that could have taken more sessions. I was, it was the first time I was so surprised actually that that took, but, but it was, it was all the client, you know, she right. was so ready. I think the girl was so prepared. Um, you know, she had already done so much of her homework. She already knew how she wanted to feel. Mm-hmm. And so it was just up to me to take her there and, allow her to experience everything she wanted so that then she can go and reproduce that in the real world. Yeah. It is so cool to hear that there's some people who could take a couple of sessions and they feel like they can kind of face face whatever is happening in their life that's challenging, whether it's a fear of something or just avoiding something or, um, you know, that's, that's awesome to hear, you know? Um, I, I love it. I, I, I really, really am, am excited because I, I think I'm going to really search out a hypnotherapist. I really want to try it. I, I want to be able to kind of talk about yes. it from my personal yes. experience. And I'm definitely open-minded to that. I mean, I'm very much into kind of the Eastern medicine and holistic types of treatments. So I'm I'm so open to it. And I, I actually, listening to this, I'm like, I can't believe I haven't done it before yet. 
Like, like that's something that I feel like yes, I would love. Like, why have I done that before? So, um, but this I was so just like, do it. No, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I was saying, be open to you know, um, do it several times, and you know, give it at least three sessions. I would say before you decide to to um, that it's not working for you because it takes a, a little bit for some people uh, to get in there and. And if anything, you know, once you have your recordings, you can even re-listen to them. You don't have to go back to your therapist, you know, allow your therapist to record. So if you've got your three sessions, they will probably be progressive from, you know, the first to the third. So you might just keep re-listening to them and, uh, you know, sort of rewiring uh, your brain and maybe even discovering something new every time you listen to them. So it's almost, you know, it's almost like, you know, when the doctor gives you the pill, it says, well, take that pill twice daily. And if you don't, then well, you're not experiencing the benefits, you know. So I, I always recommend to clients too. I say, here's your tape, listen to it. You know, sometimes it'll be you know once a week. Sometimes I'll say three times a week. Um, and the more you do it, you know, the more you're you're rewiring the, you know, you're setting these new neural pathways in your brain, which is you know science. You're developing new associations. Um, you're every time you're in it. Uh, and you're feeling that calm, you're shifting the body chemistry. So uh, it's important that, you know, a client stays consistent. I know that a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to go and, you know, do one session and my life's going to magically change. But just like anything else, it it takes time, you know? Right, right. Well, this has been so great, Desi. Thank you so much for your time and teaching us so much more about hypnotherapy and I, I want to give you an opportunity to tell everyone where they can find you on social media and just get in touch with you for, for services and all that, all that. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really a pleasure. Um, you could find me at hypnosis symbiosis on Instagram, uh, hypnosis symbiosis or just www.hypnosis-symbiosis.com. That's my website. Um, and I also teach at meditation school.us. So if you sign up at Meditation School, um, I believe the first month is free. Uh, and the new offer now is, um, you know, $19.99 something, $19.99 a month uh, after your first month. But anyway, the first month is free and you can experience two guided imagery sessions uh, with me. Uh, so if you'd like that, you can pop onto the meditation website as well. Uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, that's it. Perfect. Thank you so much again. And I really appreciate it. And I'll uh, keep you posted on my hypnosis journey as well. <laughs> yes, All please. Right. Please let me know. I'm really curious to know. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, that was our episode this week. Please feel free to contact Taylor and I and just let us know how you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, and subscribe to The Anxiety Chicks if you enjoyed this episode or our previous ones. Um, We'll be coming out with some uh, great guests in the future and other awesome topics. So stay tuned, and we will see you all later. Happy healing. Thanks, Desi. Okay, bye. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course. 
called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them, all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well. So go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out. And as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.